Good to be saved, ain't it? Amen. Amen. If, uh, if you are a veteran of the United States service, whatever service you're in, if you would stand, all the veterans. <clears throat> Amen. On behalf of Mount Vernon Church, we thank you for your service. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I have got a Bible here, and the name in it says Easton Brubaker. <laughs> He's shy, but come on, get your Bible. Easton got saved a couple weeks ago after service. Terry got to lead him to the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody else got something on your heart before we get started? Anything at all? I was thinking as Butch and Dad and Mel. One of my favorite Sundays of the year when they all get to stand up and testify because it's sincere. It's sincere. It's, uh, it's real. Uh, I wasn't here 45 years ago, but I've been here for 33 and for 33 years, I've stood up and testified, and they've lived the life, just as uh, Larry was teaching this morning, or opening up with this morning, um, they, they, their, their life has been the preaching, their life has been the testimony, and I appreciate that, and uh, I thank God for them, I wouldn't be who I am without them, I just wouldn't, the church wouldn't be what the church is without them, I don't want to take them for granted, anybody else, something on your heart real fast. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. When you find your place, let's all stand. I got a short message this morning. so <clears throat> I've been in a, a wedding all weekend in Denton. And last night I, I sat and I studied for several hours. And this is, uh, I had been reading here on Wednesday night. And I tried to go somewhere else about all day yesterday, but I couldn't, couldn't go nowhere else. So I believe this is what the Lord would have for us this morning. 1 John chapter 1. We'll read a few verses here. <clears throat> that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. But you ask a Lord bless reading. Help us, God.
this uh, this scripture is uh, I know it's a very very common and a very used scripture. We all probably know what this scripture says and have heard it our whole life. But uh, I believe that the Lord's got something for us here this morning. Um, this is uh, if you if you look at this epistle of John, this is uh, John the apostle that has wrote this epistle. He wrote first, second, and third John, and then he wrote uh, Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's who this John is. And I believe in order to understand what this scripture is telling us, we need to understand who's writing it. We need to understand who's the one, who's the author that's trying to get a point across here. And as we read there, it said, that's what, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. What he's saying here is this, this man, this, this being that we've heard of, this one that was from the beginning, we know that the world and the earth and the heavens was formed by the word of God. And the word of God was Jesus. He's saying this one that we've heard of all these years, this one that was from the beginning, he said this one that you've heard of, I've seen. He said, this one that y'all are talking about, this one that you've heard, I've seen him and I've heard him and I've felt him and I've touched him and I've been with him and I believe you know that if anybody had faith, anybody believed that Jesus was the Son of God, uh, God, John would. You know, John, he lived life with him. He was one of the very first four that was called to follow Jesus. As Jesus was walking down the Sea of Galilee, walking down the seashore and he called out to Peter and Andrew and then he called out to James. James and John and he, uh, he called him to be fishers of men. So from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, John was one of them that was right there by his side. In another place it says that disciple whom Jesus loved. I believe that was John. I believe that John was that disciple whom Jesus loved. And if you know much about the disciples and the apostles, we know that uh, John was in the inner circle. He wasn't just one of the twelve. He was in the inner circle. He was one of Jesus' dearest friends. He was one that was was as close to Jesus as anybody. There's a few occasions, uh, the, the raising of Jairus' daughter, the Mount of Transfiguration, and in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter, James, and John got to be in closer than all the rest of them with Jesus. So all through uh, uh, the Gospels, all through the ministry of Jesus, all uh, three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, John was right there by his side. So John got to experience some things that we've never seen. John got to see some things that we don't ever get to see. John got to uh, uh, literally be with the physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. And he says, This which was from the beginning, which we have heard, and which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That eternal life that was with the Father has been manifested unto us. What I believe he's saying in the title of my message this morning is, He is who He said He is. He is who He said He is. He was who He said He was. You know, if you, uh, it's already been talked about some this morning, but in the Islamic religion they, they uh, worship Allah and they have a prophet named uh, uh, Muhammad. 
And Muhammad ain't who he said he was. And if you look at the differences, Dad even sent me a video this week which confirmed the message. But um, the, uh, if you look at the differences in the Word of God and you look at the Quran, the Quran was wrote down 200 years after supposedly Muhammad had these visions and all these sayings that he had. I don't have to wor- uh, wonder about when the Bible was written down because I have an eyewitness account. I have an eyewitness of a man that was there that walked with the Lord. He was there when, uh, uh, when, when, when the ministry very first began. He was there through all the miracles. He was there when they went to the tomb and they seen that the tomb was empty. He was there in the garden when Jesus was praying and His sweat became His blood. John was there. John seen it with his own eyes. You know that's the difference between being a Christian and Christianity and the rest of the religions. We have eyewitness account and we can go to the bank with this book that it is the word of God it don't contain the word of God it is the word of God this is the Lord's word the Holy Ghost inspired John to write all of this down and I believe he's wrote it for us so that we can know that he is who he said he is He is who He said He is. He's not a false God. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a man. He's the darling Son of God. He's the only begotten Son of God. You know, some of these new Bible versions, are most of them take out the word begotten. Begotten means that He was the Son of God. He didn't have an earthly daddy. He's the only begotten. He's not just the only Son. He's the only begotten Son of God. He was not born with a sin nature because He didn't have an earthly daddy. He was God in the flesh. And John's telling us He is who He said He is. He is who He said He is. You know, I don't just have to take John's account on it. I don't just have to take John's word for it. I thank God that we've got the scriptures wrote down that John has told us that this man is who he said he is. But I can go back in my life to some times and I didn't see the miracles that John seen and I didn't touch Jesus with my hands and I wasn't there to see the empty tomb and I wasn't there when he seen him raised again and I wasn't there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost come in like a mighty rushing wind. I wasn't there, but I've been there some times when the Holy Ghost did come through like a mighty Russian wind. Hey, I've been there sometimes when I needed a miracle from God and I seen God pass by. I know John's right because I've seen it in my own life. He is who He said He is. He is who He said He is. This man seen Him. And I might not have physically seen Him, but I've seen His work. I may not have physically seen his body, but I've seen him move. Hey, I might not have been there to see the empty tomb and then see him prove himself alive by many infallible proofs, but he proves himself to me day after day. I see him day after day. I see the work that he's done in my life. They stood up and testified of 45 years today. They've been faithful. They've been in church. I'm not bragging on them. I'm saying that's God. That's Jesus in the flesh. He is who He said He is. When Butch surrendered his life, he never dreamed that he'd be able to stay off dope. But the Lord is who He said He is. Daddy was just eight years old. He didn't really know all the the full amount of what he was doing. But here we are 45 years later and he's still in church and he's still got a testimony. And the Lord is who He said He is. 
I can look back in my life and when I was backslid on God right down here on 89 on February 1st of 2009 I was coming up Highway 89 I was drunk I had been on drugs I had uh, been at <laughs> we didn't even go there but I had been in a place I shouldn't have been doing things that I shouldn't have done I had got saved as a young boy and I had backslid on God and I passed out with my cruise control set on 60 mile an hour the last thing I remember thinking is I need to stop my cruise control but I never did and I hit a bank head on in my truck ended up air carried the Baptist should have died but the Lord was faithful the Lord proved to me who he was he proved to me that even though I was out of his will even though I was going in the wrong direction he still loved me and he still took care of me right when I needed him he said I am who I said I am he said I am who I said I am he don't play games he's not make believe he ain't Allah he ain't Buddha he's the Lord God of heaven made manifest in the flesh he is who he said he is you know here at our church I've seen it time after time and we could go through every pew and somebody or all of us have a testimony of when God has been who he said he'd be he's never left me he's never forsaken me he's been there with me every time I've ever needed him I may have left him but he's been there he's been there he is who he said he is you know in order for you to know that he is who he said he is we can read that John said it and if you're saved you believe John but if you're not saved if you're not born again if the Holy Ghost don't live in you you don't know for sure you don't know for sure. The only reason I know that He is who He said He is is because I've been born again. It's because the Spirit bears witness down on the inside. And I thank God that I know. If you don't know for sure this morning, you can. You know, I believe if we can affirm, and John has affirmed, that Jesus is who He said He is. So if we can believe that He is who He said He is, that means that we can believe the promises that He gives us. If He is who He said He is, and we can believe that He is who He said He is, we can believe the promises that He gives us. i got a few wrote down here. It's not all of them, but it's the ones that the Lord has put on our heart. You don't have to turn all these places, but John 3.16 For God so loved the world. That's a promise. That's a promise in the very first few words of that verse that God so loved the world. You know, I told you the story of how I was backslid and I had been saved, but I had turned back to the world. And even though I had turned back to the world, God still loved me. You know, your lost family and your lost friends and the people that are burdened on your heart, God loves them. That's a promise that you can take to the bank that God loves them. God don't want anybody to die and go to hell. They can preach the rotten doctrine all they want that only the chosen are going, but I believe God's choosing us all. I believe He's calling us all and He wants all to be saved. And He loves not only me, and He loves not only the church, and He loves not only the preachers or the deacons, but God so loves the world. He loves us all. That's a promise. He is who He said He is. And I can believe that He is who He said He is because He's proved Himself time and time again. And I can believe His promises. I can believe His promises. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I can take it to the bank. That's His only begotten 
son. It's not his only son. If it was his only son, I wouldn't be his son. But because I've been born again, I'm a child of God. And I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the only begotten Son of God. He was God in the flesh. I can believe His promises that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. But He tells me here that uh, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Even though I've sinned, even though every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever lived beside Jesus has sinned, and our wages is death, what we are owed is death, but because of who Jesus is, and He is who He said He is, and I can take His promises to the bank, if I'll believe in Him, and I'll surrender to Him, and I'll sell out for Him, I can uh, live forever. The wages of sin is death but the gift of God is life through him through Jesus Christ he is my life I can take his promises to the bank number 2 John 14 and 2 says in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also listen this world ain't my home this world ain't my home this ain't where I belong and I don't feel like I belong here I feel like I belong somewhere else I'm homesick for a place that I've never been before I'm homesick for a place where there is no sin, where there is no death, where there is no trouble, where there is no flesh that's uh, tempting me. There is no more devil that's trying to pull me out and pull me down and break me down. I've got a place over yonder that the Lord has promised me that He's going to prepare for me. And one day after a while, He's coming back because He promised me. He said there, He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's a promise that the Lord God of heaven has made to me. Jesus Christ promised me. He ain't going to leave me here. I might go by the grave. I might go by the rapture. But either way, He's coming back after me. If you're saved, if you're a born again child of God, He's coming back after you. He's got, hey, that'd be a good time to shout. That'd be a good time to shout. Knowing that this ain't my home. Knowing that I ain't got to live here forever. I've got a better place to go knowing that he loves me knowing that he loves my family and he wants to save them and if they'll call on him they can go with me they can go with me this ain't our home thank God I got somewhere else to go it's a hallelujah message if y'all didn't know y'all didn't know I thank God that he is who he said he is he ain't a fake he's not false they can argue all these other religions but there is no other religion that has eyewitness account wrote down in a book and the historians even even uh, back up the fact that the Bible is true this is the true word of God the Islams the Quran they don't have this. They don't have the real thing. The Buddhists, they don't have the real thing. The Hindus, they don't have the real thing. But we've got the real thing. And the Lord has proved Himself time and time again. He is who He said He is. And He'll do what He said He'd do. 
Thank God for the promises. Thank God for the promises. Jesus Himself was a promise. He was a promise from the Father. From the very moment that man fell, the Lord made us a promise that He was going to send the Lamb that would die for our sins. He lived 33 and a half perfect years. I know I preach Jesus every week, but what else is there to preach? He's all of God. He's the only one that can save me. He's the only one that can make me a promise and never fail to keep it. You can make me a promise and you might fail, but He never will. But He never will. He's the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I thank God I've got something that I can stand on. He's that solid foundation. That solid rock we was talking about this morning. He's the only way. He's the only way. And I can count on His promises. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I, go, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. You know, the Lord physically in his body, he had to leave. He gave up the ghost on the cross. He finished the work. He said, it is finished. He paid the debt. He won the war on the cross. And he said that he had to go away. But when he went away, he made us a promise. He said that it was expedient. That means that there was a need for it. He had to go away so that the Comforter could come. We've got the Comforter. That's a promise of God. If you're born again, the Comforter lives on the inside of you. That means that you're never by yourself. That means when it looks like you're out all by yourself, when you're all alone, and I'm sure Butch in prison sometimes feels like he's all alone in this work. I'm sure Papa at times feels like he's all alone in this work. I'm sure the deacons, and if you're a Christian doing any kind of work at all, you feel like you're all alone at times in this work. But I ain't got to feel alone because I've got the comforter. Every time I think about the comforter, I think about Stephen. He was the first martyr. He was the first deacon. And when they was getting ready to stone him to death, he still proclaimed that Jesus was the king that Jesus was the Messiah and even when they began to stone him he looked up into heaven and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father just ready to come get him I believe he was ready to come get him but I also believe he was cheering him on because he was standing up for what was right and that was because the comforter had came and he was able to do that he was able to withstand whatever comes our way we can still stand because the comforter is with us. That's a promise. I know that He's real. He is who He said He is. And He made us a promise that the Comforter would be with us. That the Comforter would be with us. <clears throat> Matthew 28, 20 Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. So not only did the Comforter come but the Comforter's going to stay. And He's going to stay with us all the way to the end. When I'm on my deathbed and I don't have anywhere else to look, the Comforter's going to be right there. You know, I've heard preachers all my life say that they've stood at the bed of many that were saints of God, that were saved, and they had lived a life for the Lord. And when it comes down to the dying time, they're at peace. They're at peace, but then on the other, 
other side of that. There's some that's lost and has never uh, surrendered their life to the Lord, never made a profession of faith. And when it comes down to the time of death, I've heard stories of them saying that their feet's in the fire and they're in torment and they're in torture and they're scared. If you're saved, you've got the comforter all the way under your death. But if you're lost, you're going to end up in hell and you're going to be frying and you're going to be scared and there'll be no hope and there'll be no comfort. But with the comforter, we'll have him all the way to the end. All the way to the end of the world. All the way till I leave this world to go home. To go home. Matthew 6, 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, there's been times in my life, and the Lord still has to work on me on this, but there's been times that I look at my bank account, and now that I'm married and got kids and a home and job and cars and all this stuff in my life that I have to pay for, we got to keep the power on. i got to keep my kid fed. got to keep me fed. I eat a lot of food. Got to keep me fed. And uh, I'll get to looking at my bank account or I'll be looking at what we've got and I'll think, how in the world are we ever going to make it? How in the world am I ever going to make it? Well, the Lord give me a promise. The Lord give me a promise. He said, take no thought of it. You know, a lot of times I'll dwell on that. And I'll get down in the dumps and I'll get out of heart. But I ain't even got to think about it. You know, I honestly, I ain't looked at my bank account in a couple of weeks because I'm just trusting in the Lord. Partly I didn't want to look at it because I was afraid of what it might say. But on the other hand, I'm trusting in the Lord. The Lord will take care of me. Hey, we know that He is who He said He is. And He'll do what He said He's going to do. And He he said if I'll take no thought of it. And if I'll uh, 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 seek Him first. If I'll seek the kingdom of God first. I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. I don't have to worry about if He's going to save my daughter. How about that? I don't worry about whether He's going to do what He's promised me that He's going to do. If I'll seek Him first, He'll be faithful to me. If I'll be faithful to Him, He'll be faithful to me. Draw nigh unto Him and He'll draw nigh unto you. If you've got a need in your life, draw nigh to God. If you've got a worry in your life, draw nigh to God. If you're worried about how you're going to make your bills, draw nigh to God. He's never failed me yet. He's never failed me yet and He never will. Take no thought saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth. He already knows. He already knows every need we have. That ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first. Last week we preached on, we've left our first love. We've left our first love. And I thought about that with my own life. And when I begin to worry about what I'm going to do, it's because I've left him. When I begin to think, how am I going to have this? Or how am I going to get my daughter to school? I don't want her to go to public school. Public school is awful. And in my mind, I think, I want her to go to Christian school or to home school. Or I don't know, but I, I, how am I going to do this, God? And he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, don't worry about it. If you're making that your God, you're not seeking me first. That's a little G God. Worry is a little G God. You don't have to worry. <laughs> We don't have to worry. I know that's a hard thing to say and a hard thing to do that you don't have to worry. But if we'll seek God first, He's made us a promise. He's made us a promise that all these things 
be added unto us. Matthew 6, 11, 28, or Matthew 11 and 28. <clears throat> Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. Anybody feel wore out? <laughs> Anybody just feel tired? Anybody ever feel like, Lord, I've tried my best to live for you. I've tried to do right, and I'm just spiritually exhausted. I've been there. You know, it's not about living right. It's not about doing right and working right. It's about trusting Him. And if you'll trust Him and you'll come to Him, you'll do all that other stuff. But I don't have to labor in it. I can rest in it. There's a rest in knowing that I've done what God wants me to do. There's a rest in serving God every day of my life. There's a rest in following His will every day. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Back in 1 John. Verse number 4 says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. He's just told us that he's seen God. He's just told us that Jesus is who he said he was. He's told us that Jesus was God in the flesh. He's told us that I've seen the miracles. He's told you that I've handled him. I've touched him. I've been there. John was there when he uh, was crucified. John was there when he, the tomb was empty. John was there for the many infallible proofs when he rose again and he proved himself alive. John was there. And he said, I was there. And I'm telling you, this is right. This is true. And he said, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That ought to excite us. That ought to make us joyful this morning that we know He is who He said He is. That should bring joy to my heart. And if He is who He said He is, that means that He is the only way to heaven. And if you've been born again, then your joy shall be full. But if it does not make you joyful that Jesus is who He said He is, you're probably lost. You're probably lost. If it makes you fearful that the Lord's coming back for the church, then, then you may be lost. But if your joy is full because He is who He says He is, then you're probably right with God. Verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Listen here. Verse number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk not and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That's strong words. That's strong words. Where are we walking today? Are we walking in light? In Him there is no darkness. In Him there is no darkness at all. He is light. Light is in good and love and faithfulness. Darkness is in sin and Satan and evil. Anything that's not of God is of evil, is of sin, is of darkness. He said, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, listen, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. You know, all my life growing up, I thought that I had to struggle, struggle to not sin. I had to fight against sin every day, but that's not my job. My job's not to fight against sin. My job's to walk in the light. 
My job is to walk in the light of Jesus. My job is to preach that sermon we was talking about by my life. And if I will walk in the light, His blood cleanses my sin. The grace of God covers a multitude of sin. But when I walk out of the light, when I step back into darkness, that's when the blood stops covering my sin. If I'm walking in the light, He's got me covered. I don't have to worry about where I'm going. I don't live every day of my life wondering if I'm going to mess up tomorrow and end up in hell. I don't walk around worried about where I'm going to go or worried if I'm going to lose my salvation. I don't believe that at all. If I'm walking in the light, I'm safe and sound and secure. As long as I'm walking in the light, these promises bring me joy. As long as I'm walking in the light knowing that Jesus is who He said he is and Jesus done what he said he'd do and he's still going to do what's left that he said he would do I'm walking in joy because my sins are covered under the blood. I'm not walking around trying my best not to sin I'm walking around trying to let my light shine. There's a difference it's not withholding, it's putting out. It's not trying to hold it back, it's trying to reflect him if I try to let my light shine I won't sin. If I'm trying to walk in the light and live right and go where he has me to go I'll be right and I'll be safe and sound in the blood of the Lamb safe and sound if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us verse number 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so if I'm walking in the light the blood's got them covered if I step out of the light and I sin I gotta go back i got to go back and confess my sins. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Listen, we're going to mess up every now and then. Every now and then we're going to mess up. We do. We do. We go in the wrong way. I'll choose coon hunting over Jesus. That's walking in the darkness. Literally in the dark. But that's walking in the darkness other than walking in the light. That's choosing the world over Him. That's leaving my first love. And if I step out from under the blood, that's a whole other thing. It ain't losing your salvation. It's walking out from under it. It's walking away from it. You can, I'm going to make it clear this morning. You can walk away from your salvation. The world don't like that and that's just fine. But the Bible specifically tells me here that I can. That I can, that I can walk away from it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. God ain't mad at us when we do. God ain't mad at us. He still loves us. He's just waiting on us to come back. He's just crying out saying, come back. I still love you. I still died for you. God knew that you was going to mess up if you have. God knew you was going to mess up before He ever saved you. And He just wants you to come back home. He just wants you to come back home. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Here in this scripture, from verse number 6 through verse number 10, there's something that I noticed. This is John. We've already established who this is. This is the Apostle John who has wrote this scripture. And from verse number 6 to verse number 9, he's including himself in the scripture. I never really paid attention to this before. But he's including himself from verse number 6 to verse number 10. He says, we 12 times. 
From verse number 6 to verse number 10, he says us four times. So let's read this again and let's include John the Apostle. John that seen God, that walked with God, that seen, him, uh, seen the grave empty, that seen Him crucified, that seen Him rose again, that was there on the day of Pentecost, that witnessed all these thousands getting saved, the beginning of the early church. He witnessed all this and He includes Himself in this scripture. Verse number 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light. There's, a, there's a, 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 a circumstance on this. There's something that we have to do. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He's including himself in this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If the apostle John had to walk in the light, if the apostle John had to confess his sins, that means that his future sins are not forgiven. They'll tell you that your future sins are not forgiven, but that ain't so. The apostle John that walked with the Lord, that was filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, that preached the Word of God, that wrote the book of Revelation, that uh, uh, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, if he still had to live right, if he still had to walk in the light, if he still had to confess his sins... And so do we. Then so do we. Amen. I'm done. Tommy, will you come play?